Happy Tuesday, Bengals fans. And I say happy Tuesday somewhat sarcastically because usually we bring you this episode on Monday, but a special week and a special guest makes us bring it to you on a different day, allows us to bring it to you on a different day. I'm Anthony Gazenza with the Orange and Black Insider, joined by my good friend, Bengal Jim. We're going to talk about a lot of things. I, w- I wish we had some things to talk about today, Jim. There's just no news about boring, boring Bengals news week for sure. <laughs> Well, it's good to see you again, man. It's been too long since we've had you on. You've got some some awesome things going on. We want to promote that, and we want to talk about some Bengals. But how's everything in your neck of the woods? You hanging in there? I know man, life uh, you, is good. Joe Burrow's out in the field throwing balls today, bro. The life can't get any better right now. That's for sure. That's right. That's right. And we'll we'll talk about that. We're going to run through on this episode of the Water Cooler Chat. Why do we call it that, Jim? Because we call it that because in days of yore. When you were in the office, you used to go around your your work colleagues, your buddies, all that kind of stuff on your little 10-minute break with your cup of water, talk about sports, talk about life, all that kind of stuff. We, we don't really talk about life all that much, but we talk about sports and the Bengals. And so we're going to go through some Bengals headlines. We're going to go through, through some headlines of the AFC North. And then, of course, we're going to uh, go kind of around the NFL a little bit, and we're going to talk about some really cool things that Bengal Jim, the mega fan ambassador the the good friend to all of Bengals Nation. He's got some cool things going on, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, Jim, you you teased it, man. We've got some big news. This I'll, I'll share my screen here. This was a little bit of a surprise, at least to me. I guess I didn't. They've kept this under wraps. I didn't expect Joe Burrow to come out and I mean maybe out there and kind of watching things for sure, but not really throwing. And that was the case on Tuesday. And I'm going to share this from Tyler Dragon here. What do you think about what do you think about Joe out there on the field, Jim? Yeah, I, I am. I was shocked. I did not expect him uh, to be out there throwing balls. And again, a lot of quick drops. This, this evidently, you know, kind of watching, keeping up with things today. This is what he's been doing for quite a while now with with equipment folks and everybody else. It was the first time he's got to do this with with the team and all of his all of his uh, teammates and receivers that he would normally throw to. So just imagine, Anthony, this as all the stuff that went down in Washington, awful day. And then mm-hmm. you have today. Um, this is and everybody showed up today. Uh, is this isn't mm-hmm. mandatory. I mean, mm-hmm. if if I'm a player, hell, I'm a, I'm not a player, and I want to block for him somehow. I want to play for this guy. <laughs> uh, just just uh, to the confidence that he exudes and the leadership is just amazing to me. Just him being out there today was a huge lift to the team, the organization, and the fan base as a whole. And here he is. He's throwing to a couple of guys. I think it's Higgins, but for sure, Jamar Chase as well, number one there. Yeah. So uh, he's throwing. And, and the thing, you know, it's not just kind of taking light passing work and and just kind of lobbing the ball around uh, coaches or whatnot. I mean, he's planting. He's driving. He's throwing the ball. Now it may not be 100% at this point in time, and obviously there's not contact, but this is pretty exciting from from all the reports we have heard that he is going to be, quote, ahead of schedule on rehab and all of that. And we're going to talk more about what the, the rest of the summer may look like for Joe Burrow. But we're playing this video here again, courtesy of Tyler Dragon. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, uh, Jamar Chase out there as well. All of the rookies. You also tease this, Jim, and we'll go here next, I guess. Uh, this is from Richard Skinner. I'll, I'll just share this real quick. Every single Bengals player at OTAs, and I know the OTAs are kind of a tricky, uh, I don't know, a slippery slope, whatever you want to call it, if you're talking from the player standpoint, but every single player, including guys who are still rehabbing, Trey Hopkins, DJ Reader out there, that for a team that is, has not been known, you know, as a, I guess, a flagship NFL franchise for success and all that kind of stuff, uh, and a team that's coming off of a four-win season, that's pretty refreshing from a fan standpoint. You got to like that and you got to like the leadership. Jesse Bates, I think was one of the big, the, the veteran guys who's kind of said, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to push this to our players and we're going to be there. Yeah. I, and I agree with you. It's crazy. You know, uh, the national media and, and some of the things you hear from even some of the local media sometimes is maybe this, this culture here is not what it needs to be. Let mm-hmm. me tell you something. This is something Zach's been working on since day one, when he walked in the door. Um, if this wasn't a culture of, you know, winning and being successful and, and players feeling that you wouldn't have this result that you see, uh, you know, skinny kind of posting here today. Uh, th- this is, that's great news. That, that is culture. <laughs> that is the culture we want. That's for sure. Absolutely. And the culture that Joe Burrow and, and I think that's, 
yes, Zach Taylor has been building this, but I think that's why they've also intentionally brought in these star players from winning programs in the draft, your Clemsons, your LSUs, your Alabamas, and say, you know, we're going to carry that successful tradition that you learned in college, and you're going to, we're going to integrate that in the locker room and that's going to permeate through. And this is a little thing, right? I mean, the OTAs full participation, we're going to hear about another team, by the way, a big rival of the Bengals that didn't come anywhere close to hundred percent participation in OTAs, but it's a little thing, but it's a big thing in my opinion. Yeah. And, and even to add on that, you know, just not just drafting from successful programs. And if you said it, I might've missed it, Anthony, but captains, <laughs> they want leaders. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that, that goes into exactly what, uh, Zach and the coaching staff wants to build around here. You get leaders and leaders from winning programs. That is going to help us here in Cincinnati. That's for sure. Well, we would not, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't share some Bengal gym media here. We've got, we've got a little bit from you and your Twitter account. Great Twitter account, by the way, not only for, you know, fan information, team information, uh, but also kind of team history, all kinds of fun stuff on Bengal Jim's Twitter account. If you don't follow it on Twitter, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but uh, go follow. This is your view from the bridge, right? Is this the, the bridge gang right here? Yeah, yeah. Man. So so last year with, with COVID and, you know, um, they're out there practicing. Normally we would be able to get into some of those practices. Well, today or last year, uh, I just went up on the bridge and watched. We had we had dozens of folks. Sometimes I think one time I think we were over 100 people on a bridge watching the game. So uh, I had a little break at lunch and I, I just you know went in the car. I part. I only worked 10 minutes from down there and and I, I watched the last probably 10 15 minutes of practice. So it is really cool to see the guys out in the field right now and the energy that was around it. I mean I'm on top of a bridge looking down on this, Anthony, and you could feel uh, the energy from these guys. They they want to get going here. They want to get to work. But yeah, that's that awesome. was the brief video I put on there today. That's awesome. Uh, you know, it's it's the other thing you kind of mentioned it based on things last year and with them not being able to practice the same way and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you feel that energy, that eagerness from a team looking to to prove itself as as a contender in the league. And you know, I think that's also what's really incredible about Joe Burrow being out there this this year as compared to last year. I mean, I. It wasn't even anything really for him. to. I think it was all virtual last year, right? I mean, so yeah. the fact that he's out there in late spring, early summer after a major injury participating and he didn't do it last year, it's just like this bizarro world <laughs> that we're living in. But uh, I, I saw that video and I had to share it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was It was literally, there was, I don't know, six to eight people up there at the time because nobody really knew what time it was going to be today. I'm sure you'll see more and more people go as the OTAs continue throughout the month uh, this week and next few weeks. Uh, but I mean, I'm not kidding. I mean, not only in social media and the comments and things you see, you can feel this, but I could just feel the energy coming from the field and the, the players going at it. Uh, it was, uh, man, it was, it, it felt good to see the guys out in the field. That's, that's, that was a, a fun time today. Yeah. And here's a, a, we can echo all of these sentiments that we're sharing from Max Airhead on, on Twitter, joining us live here. Bengal Jim is the man. He is the man. And I can tell you firsthand because I, when I met him in Seattle, Dude had a following, I'm telling you. He had a following and he was kind to us all. So uh, I'm, I'm proud to call you a friend through through the Bengals, Jim. And I, I, I once again appreciate your time on the, on the show. We're going to uh, be talking through some more Bengals headlines. Quite a few today. We joked at the beginning that there wasn't much to talk about. Obviously, that was a lie with OTA starting this week and all kinds of footage and everything. We're going to try and get to as much stuff as possible in uh, as manageable of a time period as possible. But Thanks, Jim, once again for uh, carving out some time. We're going to hear about some of the cool things you are spearheading for Bengals fans to participate in in just a little bit. Uh, this this was all the, – the Burrow video and all that stuff was all kind of uh, – there was a preemptive one, I guess, that was put out. Was it Sunday or Monday? Uh, this can be found on CincyJungle.com via Black Sheep Performance on their Instagram uh, feed here. And you can see this is – uh, for those watching, um, this is him kind of working out and, you know, it's kind of a hype video of him dur during his rehab, doing all kinds of things. And that kind of got everybody hyped, Jim. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of saying, well, this is the kind of stuff he's able to do at this point in time. The on-field work will, will commence maybe closer to training camp and all that kind of stuff. But uh, this was this is what kind of kicked off the week with a bang. Yeah, I, it, what's interesting about that video is, you know, one of my biggest concerns, I, I, it wasn't a concern that he was not going to work hard to come back and rehab. Mm -hmm. 
the big concern with his type of personality is, is he going to overdo it, do too much too soon? <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I tell you, the Bengals, the staff around the Bengals and everybody that Joe's working with um, is really keeping an eye on that. And, and it, it shows for him being out there doing what he was doing today. He's obviously ahead of schedule. He's not through the woods yet completely. Uh, but uh, that, that video was awesome. It just, everybody's done a great job around him and uh, to get him back where he is to this point, I would have never thought this back when that injury happened that he he'd be out there throwing balls today, the first day of OTA. So very cool, very cool video for sure. Yeah. And to, to that point, this is from Ben baby of ESPN, who is one of the great beat writers of the uh, covering the team. He is a great guy. He's a good friend of this show. He's, he's been kind to us. Uh, Joe, he on Twitter earlier today, Joe Burrow said his goal is to be quote full go in training camp said he could still be limited, but that's his goal. There's been some other details where, you know, Zach Taylor has said something to the effect of there's not going to be, uh, you know, anyone within 10 yards of him. There's not going to be footballs around him, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's probably going to be some light work, maybe even some preseason reps, uh, a very, very light pace. We'll see. Obviously, we have to see how things respond today, too. But, uh, you know, this is all just playing into the, hey, week one, full go, let's go. Yeah, and this this puts the rest of the AFC North and the rest of the NFL on notice. This guy's ready to go, and he's got the tools around him to be successful. So um, excited as hell right now, Anthony. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, some people may be accusing us of beating the, a dead horse here with the burrow being back. But hey, you know, no. it's the summer months. I, it's the summer months. The, the Bengals are practicing and they've got their quarterback back for the first time since, God, what was it? Mid-November or something, early right, November. Right. So it's like, hey, you know, we, we give us something nice. We got we got some good things to talk about. I, I am curious about your thoughts on this next one. This is from another great guy who covers the Bengals and the voice of oh. Bengals radio, Dan Horde. Uh, this was a tweet he put out here, and I, I find it interesting in a number of different ways, but I also find it a bit predictable. Uh, the first team offensive line from left to right, Jonah Williams at left tackle, Quentin Spain, your starting left guard, uh, kind of a, if you want to call him a quote, new acquisition, a, a reacquisition, but a guy who joined the team late last year in the middle of the season, Billy Price, your center, Xavier Stuofilo, your right guard, Riley Reef, your right tackle, but then he follows it up with, don't read too much into that. Trey Hopkins is watching, but isn't fully cleared to practice yet. And Jackson Carmen will be given every chance to win a guard spot but uh and a very uh intriguing a very i don't know i don't know what the word would be to describe that but um i, I guess when you see it in writing it's kind of like well okay that that makes sense but the wheels start to turn and go okay how how much competition is there where what's that going to look like a little bit later in summer yeah it, it you know I, I don't think anything really stuck out to me some of the things i like about this I knew Billy would be there probably today with Trey mm-hmm. uh, coming back from the injury. Um, but, you know, Quentin Spain at left guard, Anthony, I think is is kind of his natural spot. Uh, I think that's a great fit for him. And, and, you know, in Pollock, I trust at this point, man. I You know, I'm, I'm really <laughs> excited about uh, him getting his hands on these guys. And, and you know, I think Zach was pretty clear that Karma will be in, that, will be in the, the, the mix for one of those guard positions. And I – I wouldn't be surprised to see Carmen start and if not getting a significant amount of playing time, um, you know, uh, at, at either one of those guard spots. I, 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 I would think Quentin's going to be our starting left guard and, and hopefully, you know, whoever wins between Xavier and, and Carmen at the end of the day, whoever's the best guy there. But uh, I, I like our tackles um, solid to stay healthy there. Let's get Trey back because that's important to get Trey back. I just want to, I, I agree with you. I just want to segue real quick. Um, not from a specific headline, I guess we can kind of keep up the the shared screen of the, the offensive line tweet from Dan Horde there, but you were at the draft. I saw you on TV, man. It was good. Uh, it was you my know, twin with me. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I was, I was stoked to see, uh, see you there on the, on the TV there. I hope you had a good time. First of all, tell us a little bit about the experience there, especially after there not being an in-person fan experience last year uh how was that for you uh and 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 the crew you were with on that uh, i think you were there you were definitely there night one were you there night two also uh yeah i was there the first uh the first night and uh and the second night thursday and friday okay. so first three okay. rounds i did not stay up there i flew down i had to head out of town saturday morning but uh anthony i would tell you it's it's uh whether you get any inner circle or not um a, a draft experience is a must do for everybody it's there's just so many things going on 
um, throughout the day around the event. NFL puts tons of money into this thing, whatever city they're in, been in Asheville, Dallas, uh, you know, uh, in, in Cleveland this past year. The inner circle was amazing. Uh, the, the funny thing was they did very limited numbers. Typically, they do 50 fans from each team. Uh, well, this year, they only did 12. There was only 12 teams, uh, hmm. 12 fans from each team. So it was a very limited number. Um, and it, the, the experience was amazing. Uh, it, it's, um, you know, what's funny, you know, as they were pulling out, I don't know if this part was on TV, was it, as they had probably about 15 to 20 of the draft picks come out on stage prior to maybe being on air. Uh, you know, we're standing, I'm not exaggerating, just saying maybe 15 feet, if that, uh, from from Jamar Chase. Mm. And we see his shoes, we're, we're laughing at him, we, we're holding the flag up, and he can hear every word we say. It's like, we know you're coming to Cincinnati, you know you're coming. And literally winks at us, shakes his head, he's smiling ear to ear. That's awesome. Uh, That's you awesome. know, those type of things are really cool, and the experience around here. What's really neat is that there was Cleveland fans and Pittsburgh fans, and every team was represented there. And it was just everybody was getting along, just a great time. That's how it's supposed to be. And uh, it, it, it's a great experience. And I'll tell you, no matter what the NFL does, they do it and they do it upright, Anthony. They 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 do it upright. They pay they put a lot of money into this stuff to to make it make it good. Yeah. Well, I I'm envious of you. I actually had plans, concrete plans with a lot of different things set up for the draft in Vegas last year and that did not and then it kind of fell apart so I'm not bitter party of one uh on that I'm not going to hold on to that but uh I next am, year. I was next year. Yeah, yeah next year next year I was pleased to see you there and that that leads me kind of to a next question we, we're talking offensive line before we move on to some other headlines and, and other things you were so you were there in person when the Bengals made the Jackson Carmen pick uh, that wasn't at the time the most overly popular thing with a lot of different fans, an overly popular move because, you know, you're sitting there in the second round and you go, okay, gosh, the offensive line, the tackle options are a plenty, right? Uh, and then they move back, they gain the two picks. Personally speaking, uh, you know, I was like, oh man, that's what they decided to do at first. But after I saw what they netted with those two picks, I kind of said, well, that's the offensive lineman they wanted. And then they went and got defensive line help with uh, Joseph offensive line, defensive line. Yeah, I, you know, I, so I, I kind of saw the sense in it, but your kind of reaction as you saw the Bengals select Jackson Carmen and maybe your hope and outlook for him uh, at going into one of these guard spots coming up this year. Yeah, interesting. So I'm a big high school football guy here in Cincinnati. So Coleraine's where my kids played football and uh, they played against Fairfield. So I got to see this kid play. He was always oh. a massive kid. Uh, went to a really good, a pretty decent high school here, but obviously took it to another level when he got to uh, to Clemson. Um, what was really cool about it, Anthony, they were picking a fan out of each section for each draft to put him up on stage and set him in this like chair. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our buddy Hude Baby, uh, obviously with the big cowboy hat on, stuck out mm -hmm. pretty quickly. They put him up there for first round. I got to be on stage. I was sitting in the chair for second round, uh, for the second oh. round pick. So in my head, our guy from a uh, was it Northwestern or I can't remember his name now? Jesus, we there's a couple offensive line there that I, in my mind, listening to all the experts, uh, that would have been ahead of Carmen, right? So I, I initially heard offensive lineman Carmen out of out of Clemson, and, and I just heard offensive line. I was excited, but then I kind of stepped back. Like, Wait a minute, is this the after kind of digested a little bit? I'm like, they played this out pretty good, getting getting a couple extra fourth round picks, um, getting a uh, Joseph Osai in a third round, uh, and, and then that positioned them also to take that fifth round kicker out of Florida as well, having those, all those three, three, fourth round picks. So at, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't like overly excited. I was excited when I was on stage and, and, you know, we were going yeah, through yeah. the process, but the more I digested and heard what they were doing with the picks and, and I thought they did an outstanding job positioning themselves. And the more I, I, I learned about Carmen and that was their, their guy all along. That's why they thought they could trade back, get some more picks and still get the guy they wanted. Hey, they have a plan. They know more than I do. No doubt. Um, and they stuck to their plan and stuck to the board, and it worked out for him. I'm excited about it. it this kid's going to be a player for us. Now, again, hopefully he can start, but he's going to help us for sure. He's young. I think there's a little development and maybe, you know, uh, some some uh, weight, you know, make sure they control the weight because he, he was pretty big when he got to Clemson. But uh, I, the talent's there, the size is there, and and that that can't be denied. And I kind of equate it to what – they did a few years ago when they got Joe Mixon, right? Some people didn't have Joe Mixon on their board for, you know, uh, some of the reasons that were coming out at that point in time. The Bengals wanted him, and what did they do? They knew that they could get him later. They could move back a little bit, 
get picks, help themselves out, get another player, and get the guy that they wanted. Different reasons uh, with the Jackson Carmen thing than, than Mixon at the time, but they they targeted him by all indications, moved back, and then they were able to get, you know, sample Shelvin, uh, Deontay Smith in the fourth round and help themselves out. Yeah, Shelvin, Shelvin's a beast, man. I'm telling you, that guy is going to make an, a serious impact as a rookie for us. So, Look, they, they filled a lot of needs. They also added much-needed depth, uh, which has been a really weak spot for us the last couple of years. Uh, hey, look, man, free agency, the draft, I think they nailed it. Um, we got to perform. We got to execute now. Let's see. see we're not, again, we're not exactly where we need to be yet, but, man, we have man, we filled a lot of holes and depth there uh, the last uh, year and a half for sure. I, I think I can echo a lot of people's feelings in that. I feel maybe they didn't get the star guys in free agency. Maybe they didn't get some of the names that everybody coveted in the draft in that second round at offensive line. But I think depth-wise, they are far better prepared this year to handle injuries if, God forbid, they ha- happen or other ineffectiveness of other uh, – You know, the, the fact that they are able to potentially rotate some guys in and or have some contingency plans, I think that's they're in a better place there, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and it'd, it'd be interesting to see how this plays out, uh, you know, at center this year. I think Trey Hopkins right now is obviously the best center on his team. But, you know, Pollock was here. He, he was the one to draft Billy Price. Does this help Billy Price out? Is this is this Does this say Billy Price's career here in Cincinnati, either as a starter or as a solid contributor in that offensive line? So uh, Pollock being here is a really big deal, and I can't wait to see how this plays out with a new scheme and everything on this. So uh, it's going to be an interesting year in that offensive line. I think we're yep. definitely taking some steps in the right direction. Should be should be a fun one. By the way, Jim, you need to uh, work on your penmanship because our, our good buddy Strawberry Ice needs your needs your autograph. So uh, work work on that on that John Hancock man and uh, get one over to him. He's he's a good guy, Strawberry Ice. He's got a great show and uh, he doesn't he doesn't live that far from me. I know where he lives. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, he was part of the uh, the, the the little. Beer, uh, pub crawl, you pub guys. Crawl. Did, he was right? on the pub yeah, like sixty-seven people. In that Not pub little. Crawl. I shouldn't say little. Yeah. Well, hey, so we had to – Strawberry Ice got a little bit – but, you know, later in the day, we had to kind of – we were kind of walking him to the next bar and everything. So he he was doing good. <laughs> um, So let's – this is – I guess that's a good segue, talking about the, the pub crawl. Talk a little bit about one of the great events that you have coming up for Bengals fans. I'm going to pull up the event bright page because it's got some information on it, and then I'm going to share that link there. For everybody too but it's from jungle to the hall it's something you're spearheading you've got a lot of people already involved and uh you've got a, a little bit of space left for some people to to continue to be involved and be added to that great group but uh do you mind telling us a little bit about that and then i can uh share that with our listeners yeah, too. yeah, I, yeah I do want to back up a little bit because i'm going to tell everybody right now this is not a one-man show i've got uh, james pink mm-hmm. uh, um uh, tom on our show even jamie up in canada We've got a lot of folks helping facilitate this thing, and 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 everybody that's viewing right now. This is this is our time as fans. You know, we we can sit here and and comment about uh, the lack of our Bengal greats being in the Hall of Fame. This is now our time to show our support uh, and just simply bring recognition to our players that should be in the Hall of Fame. Their legacies need to be protected in the Hall of Fame. And we're going to go up to Canton. The main focus. There's a lot of stuff going on that day, but the main focus of that event. Is going to be from one to three o'clock. That's our what we're calling our jungle to the hall. It's a rally. Um, literally, it, it, it's it's going to be we're going to be focused on eight Cincinnati Bengals, Anthony, that we feel should be in the mm. Hall of Fame. And I'll list them for you: Corey Dillon, Chad Johnson, Max Montoya, Lamar Parrish, Isaac Curtis, Willie Anderson, and the last two, Ken Anderson and Ken Riley. You know, I God forbid, you know, God bless Ken Riley who passed away uh, here uh, last year. Ken Anderson now is the oldest living player from the 1981 Super Bowl team. Uh, we're going to be focusing on those guys, but mainly on the Ken Anderson, Ken Riley. And, and just to let you know, that event is free. For you to come to the rally, it, you get nothing. It, it, there's, you get in free. We have an event tent on the grounds of the Hall of Fame right next to the door, like 20 yards from the front door of the Hall of Fame that we have. The Hall of Fame has been outstanding to work with. I've talked to him again today. Um, but this is just going to be a fun event. Us go out there. There's going to be local, national media. And right now, Anthony Munoz is planning on being there. Willie Anderson is planning on being there. We have Michael Strahan doing a video intro uh, Mm. for Willie Anderson, why he feels um, Willie should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, We have uh, Mel Blunt, the former Pittsburgh Steeler Hall of Famer, 
who was doing an intro for Ken Riley, why he feels Ken Riley should be in the Hall of Fame. Max Matoya will be there virtually. Uh, Ken Riley the second is going to be there virtually. Ken Riley and his family have have made a, a pact between everybody in their family and to say we will not go to that Hall of Fame until Ken Riley is in the Hall of Fame. But he's going to be there uh, virtually um, in attendance. We have a screen up going through all that. But that that right there is the main focus. It's critically important we get a crowd there. And right now, what you have up there is an Eventbrite invitation. We just need a, a, a closer head count. We have approximately. 150 to 160 people right now, as of today, that have RSVP to this event. There's a lot of people say they're going, but haven't RSVP. And that's okay, but we really need to get a closer, accurate head count. Get on here and just type in your name and the number of people coming with you and put your email on it because we're going to be sending out emails a week or two prior to the event as well. Uh, but outside of that, uh, Anthony, after the event from one to three, the rally, literally, we have discounted tickets for everybody, $5 off. We're going to get a tour of the Hall of Fame. I talked to the Hall of Fame today. They're they're working on putting together a Bengal display uh, in the Hall of Fame. The cur- curator is working on that right now for us. So they're, and we're going to get a tour of the Hall of Fame. We're, we're hoping to have at least a minimum 200 people going through that, that Hall of Fame that day at 3 o'clock. Um, then later that day, you know, we're heading over to the Fathead Brewery. We've got a hotel locked up. We get 15% discount off the hotel right down the street have some beers and eat some food and, and kind of walk back to the hotel after that. But in the morning uh, between 10 and 12, Maslin High School is allowing us to, you to go through their football facilities. This is where it all started for Paul Brown, everybody. This is Maslin High School with statues out front. We're going to get to go on the field. As of today, they're talking about opening up the practice facility they have, indoor practice facility, and their miniature Hall of Fame, which Paul Brown is everywhere in there. So, mm-hmm. guys, this is going to be an outstanding event. I don't care if people go to the tour. I don't care if people show up at 10 to 12 for the for the Massillon High School event uh, or come to have beers and, and everything and eat food. That one to three is the biggest piece because when you have local national media, we want the biggest crowd we can get. If you can see behind me to my right and left, uh, we had a few, uh, I don't know what you call them, fatheads printed up. So we'll have these at the event uh that day as well, holding them up. When we get a giant group pitcher, we want to make sure Ken Anderson and Ken Riley are prominent uh, in those pitchers with us. And we're going to have their their images here uh, on that event. So we're excited about it, uh, Anthony. Thanks for for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. it. Right now, just to let you know, we have for a fact, we have people flying in from uh, New Jersey. We have people coming in from Florida, upstate New York, Brownsburg, Indiana, all over the place. People are coming in for this. So this is going to be a really fun event for everybody. June 19th, right there. Circle the circle the calendars. Put that in your your day planners, your iPhones, whatever uh, whatever device you use there to keep track of your calendars. That's that's an awesome event. We definitely wanted to give you uh, our, our tiny little platform to talk about it, and uh, you know we want to we want to promote the hell out of that thing because it's very cool, and we know the impact that not only you as uh, kind of one of the faces of the fan base of of the team, but also just in general, what social media does and these types of events, the kind of impact that they can have oh, yeah. uh, in, in terms of bringing recognition to these to these players. And I, I think, though it still may take a little time, I think that they're starting to, to be a nice groundswell in terms of getting these guys some recognition. We know about the Ring of Honor stuff. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But, um, you know, I, I think they're starting to – Get some get get a groundswell going in terms of hey you know the, these are players that are deserving of being in in shrined in the Hall of Fame. Anthony, it's it's just amazes me. You know, we had on one of the nine senior voters on our show uh, Sunday night, uh, John McLean from the Houston Chronicle, was mm-hmm. one of the nine voters. And I mean, you got Ken Riley, who's you know out of the top eight interception leaders in NFL history. Ken Riley's the only one not on there at five in the Hall of Fame. He has more interceptions than twenty nine defensive backs in, in in the Hall of Fame right now. Willie Anderson played against 25 Hall of Famers, gave up one sack. He had he gave up 15 sacks in 13 years. Uh, and the 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 resume here for Ken Anderson is just as crazy, if not even better. I mean, I I don't get it. Uh, you know why these guys aren't in? And 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 what I have what I've come to to realize, Anthony, after really getting more involved in this thing over the last couple of years, is that there is no transparency. You know, there there's not this criteria. Uh, that they have laid out that if they meet these criteria, these guys get in. There's a lot of personal opinions and beliefs that get into this thing. And that is really what's causing an issue. They might tell you that it's not a small market versus big market thing, 
but you know, during the '90s, Willie Anderson played early 2000s, where the Bengals were really bad. Uh, Willie Anderson played on any that you know the Super Bowl teams somewhere. He's in the Hall of Fame already. Same with Ken Anderson and Ken Riley because he's going to get more national recognition from from that. So, um, it, look, we want to do what we can. The Bengals organization, Jeff Hobson, those guys are just doing a great job trying to push this issue. We just want to be there as a fan base and supplement what they're doing and help out in a positive way. That's it. Well, you, you, and I did not. I did not mean to slight Jamie and James. I know they are no, critical no. to the but to the whole thing too. They're great guys. Um, you know, you guys have been very kind to me and and my co-host John and every everybody at Cincy Jungle. So I didn't mean to to leave them off there. I just no. know that um, you know you guys are all doing some some great work on behalf of the fans, and this is a great event. Definitely wanted to push that. I also want to ask you about this one though. Jim, this is from Bengals.com because this is just kind of going over the Ring of Honor, uh, the Ring of Honor nominees and whatnot. And you just submitted your votes for the Bengals nominees. Um, that's not the right one. Let me pull up a different one. Um, but if you can maybe talk to us a little bit about the the process there in terms of how that how that went voting and uh you know it's pretty pretty easy process and i know you got a pretty cool response from the team as well after you submitted your votes yeah so uh, it's been it's been really good like all the the negativity that you would hear out of this organ or fans from this organization in the 90s if anybody's hanging on that all the way from the 90s they need to move on because the the clarity and communication that the organization has provided around this ring of honor event they've been working almost three years to get going on right it's been a process to get where we're at today. Um, you know, the Ring of Honor communication up front has been very clear. So yesterday was the first day you could vote. So as soon as I was able to vote, I pulled up my app and I voted pretty easy. I'm voting Ken Riley, Ken Anderson, all these guys that you put on the screen here right now, every single one of them is, is more than deserving. Yeah. Lamar yeah. Parrish might be the most underrated player to ever play in NFL history. If, <laughs> if you want yeah. to question that, go look at his statistic. That guy was an yeah. absolute beast. But everybody it's on silly. here. Yeah, everybody on here is more than deserving. But my my personal opinion is let's let's get let's get Ken Riley and Ken Anderson in first, and, and we can deal with these other guys uh, year two and three coming down the road. But this is going to be a fun debate as the year continue the years go on with this. But I, I think what was really cool uh, this morning, I get an email from the Bengals and everybody who has season tickets. For every year you you have season tickets, you get one vote. So I've had I thought I had season tickets thirty years. So I was actually going to the games before then, but I didn't have officially season tickets. Until 27 years ago. So officially, I voted Ken Anderson and Ken Riley, and I get 27 votes. One vote for every – there it is. One that's vote for yeah. – yep, that's exactly it. So I got one vote for every year that I've been a season ticket holder, and that made me feel good because when they announced this, Anthony, I was a slightly concerned about, I don't want this to become a popularity contest, how I feel maybe the NFL Hall of Fame is, because we need to recognize our greats here, and then we can expect the NFL to recognize our guys in the Hall of Fame. But – the way they did this, I think, addresses the popularity contest. So Chad Johnson, who everybody loves, uh, you know, might get a lot of votes from the younger generation, right? I love Chad, one of my favorite players of all time. Brought a lot of excitement and energy to the city at the right time. Um, but the seniority on the season tickets, given those folks multiple votes uh, because of their seniority, to kind of take a look at back at the history of the organization and, and you know, and, and to move forward there, I think that addresses it. I'll be – I think this is going to flush out exactly how we think it's going to, Anthony. It's going to be Ken Riley and Ken Anderson in there, uh, the next two deserving. Um, and then, you know, I don't I don't even want to talk about next year. I'm gonna, i I got to deal with these two first. But, <laughs> but, I mean, every one of these guys, they did a great job selecting. But to get the communication post-vote from an yeah. email from from Elizabeth Blackburn, uh, you know, the communication, the, the – so, everybody knows about the social media stuff they've been doing, the vibe – the energy, everything from this team on the field, off the field, front office, top to bottom, is completely different feel, and uh, it, it is really fun, a really fun thing to be part of um, for me and everybody. I'm assuming. I want to, I want to just point to this this gentleman over here up top, Isaac Curtis. You mentioned, you know, you're talking about a lot of guys, eight, eight players that you mentioned at, at the rally that you're specifically going to be promoting as worthy of the Hall of Fame. I just you know, I know he's not in a in a realm of so many flashy and big statistical wide receivers. If you look at who just recently made it into the Hall of Fame, Drew Pearson, and you stack up his numbers against Isaac Curtis, identical, 
pretty pretty damn close. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty damn close. And so th- these are the types of things where we just, I guess, as Bengals fans and the team itself, we just always kind of feel slighted and for good reason because these guys aren't being honored. So hopefully the event that you're putting on and, you know, the, the Bengals kicking off this ring of honor starts kind of waking up some people, shaking some life back into people saying, wow, these are actually some really good players that we've been ignoring for a long time. Yeah, One of the consequences of the Bengals organization putting this ring of honor in place that I'm really excited about seeing the energy around the younger fans who didn't know. I mean, I really never got to see Isaac playing as prime prime. I was really too young, but um, Isaac Curtis is one of the best players to ever put on a Cincinnati Bengals uniform. He changed the NFL. He was so far ahead of his time in the early 70s. Literally, there was a rule change. Uh, you know, basically, they were just mugging him, you know, off, off the ball. So they that, that five-yard rule to, in today's NFL, that's the Isaac Curtis rule. I mean, they literally – Isaac Curtis uh, was an absolute game changer. You know, he was almost an Olympian. He was so fast. He barely missed the Olympics, I think, by um, mm-hmm. by some small margin. But Isaac Curtis we, – we talk about – you know, you know, A.J. Green was the Raven killer here in Cincinnati. Uh, let me tell you – um, Isaac Curtis was the Cleveland Browns killer, man. He dominated Cleveland. It's amazing if you look up the statistics. But Isaac Curtis uh, was an amazing football player, athlete. And, and some, one, of the, one of the top three plays in Bengal history was uh, probably mid-70s, 74 play. Uh, Ken Anderson throws a probably a 10-yard pass to him, and he literally shakes 11 guys and scores a touchdown, a video I posted many times on our social media platform. Uh, the guy was amazing. He is absolutely a deserving ring of honor, but he also, if Drew Pearson gets hit in the Hall of Fame, there's yeah. no doubt in my mind that that Isaac Curtis should be in there as well. Yeah. And, uh, hey, Southern California guy, San Diego State. Right. He's still, hey, he still lives in Cali. Still yeah. lives in Cali. Yeah. So, hey, he's he's repping my neck of the woods. You got you got a little more time, Jim? I've got some I'm more good, stuff man. to get. Okay. Okay. I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I love I love chatting bangles with you. So, um, if you've got some time, we've, we've got a little more to get to, and I'd, I'd love to, to do that. Uh, this is from cincyjungle.com. We're transitioning a little bit out of the, the ring of honor and, uh, a little bit of the, we're going more present, I guess, than, than past with this one. This is for those who love pro football focus. The Bengals draft class draws more praise from pro football focus. This is by John Acri on cincyjungle.com. But, um, they PFF named five of the Bengals 10 selections among the top 10 rookies at their positions. And then of course, leading the way of course was uh, Jamar chase. So, you know, when you, when you look at the fact that you're going down, especially in, in day three, you're looking at, okay, well, these are guys a little bit down the pecking order in terms of being ranked still the Cincinnati Bengals by, by PFF metrics, at least Jim have grabbed guys that are still, you know, within the top, tier of their respective position groups uh based on their rankings going into the draft so pretty exciting stuff there yeah it's it's in a pfs does does an outstanding job that's a great reference there and i had not seen this one yet uh, anthony thanks for sharing that but what's interesting is as much as a draft geek as i think i might be i don't know everything about this stuff and when you when we drafted jesse bates a few years ago I was one of the ones okay okay hopefully he can be a good player i didn't know that we, he didn't draw great praise from across you know, the prognosticators there. Hey, this guy's the best safety in the NFL right now, guys. So I, I do put trust in the organization that they know what they're doing. And, and this pro football focused uh, thing here is a, a really big deal, if you ask me, because there's so many different experts out there pre-draft uh, and, and rank their, their, their players. But uh, at the end of the day, good or bad, however you feel, the next 12 to 24 months, we're really going to find out what happened here. And Jesse Bates has been, uh, especially last year, has been ranked as PFFs, one of the best safeties in the league by their metrics. So obviously when you reference him and talking PFF makes a lot of sense. We talked a little bit about uh, Chad Johnson in terms of being a Ring of Honor nominee and a potential Hall of Fame nominee. One of the guys you guys are going to be pounding the table for at at, uh, Canton in in just a few weeks. But Chad Johnson is coming. This again is on CincyJungle.com by Nathan Begley. Uh, Chad Johnson is confident that the Bengals will make a big leap this year already. And this is via Bleacher Report. Bengals are going to have more than eight wins book it. Well, eight wins is kind of a, a weird threshold this year 
specifically, Jim, because of the 17 games. Yeah. So, you know, eight and eight, sometimes that would squeak you into the playoffs. If you go eight and nine this year, I don't know that that is going to get you into the playoffs. I currently have them way very, very early, way too early. And obviously injuries and, you know, maybe guys coming back and uh, developing quicker than you think, you know, I kind of have them around that 500 ish mark right now, which I think is a pretty good leap based on what we've seen the first two years under Zach Taylor. But sounds like Chad's, along the same lines here. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, as we get started, uh, you know, the schedule, I, I'm, in my opinion, is is beneficial for us early in the year. And as we continue to improve throughout the year, that last five to seven games are at home when we play play the tougher tougher teams uh, late in the year. You know, as I look through it, I look through it all over the weekend, again, the schedule. And, you know, um, you know I, I'm, I think realistically here, 17-0 and 0 is going to happen here, Anthony. We can make, <laughs> we can make this happen. Um, so look, I I am pumped about the season. I can't wait for opening day. Um, I'm, I'm focused right now on opening day, brother. Let's, let's, let's get it. I've been telling folks this, uh, this year, you know, if the Bengals are going to lose games this year, I think they're going to lose fun. And where, whereas last year, year before they were, you know, putting up six points, seven points and getting blown out by three touchdowns. I think if they're going to lose, they're going to, they're going to lose putting up three plus touchdowns at least, uh, based on the offensive weapons. If, if, you know, Burrow, et cetera, all stay healthy and all of that. I, I think if they're going to lose some of these games, I think they're going to be in shootouts and it's going to be fun if there is such a thing as, as fun losing. That's just my opinion. I don't know if you agree or not. Yeah, I, I think it really – I don't think I disagree much with you. I think it's going to be one of those things where, at number one priority, let's keep Joe. Joe's got to be healthy for us to win, period. Uh, so that that's critical. Uh, I, I'm I'm more confident in our offense than I am the defense right now, right? So – we we've spent a lot of money in free agency the last two years and, and focused on defense, adding depth and some starters on that defense. There's a lot of new bodies on defense, man. So I, I am very intrigued to see how quickly all these new players, these new faces, these new bodies uh, can pick up this defense. So I think Lou's got to he's he's got to he's got to make this happen this year uh, because I think we're going to put up points. And, and I, if if defense can stay healthy, uh, I'm, I'm excited what hap- what's going to happen defensively here because there's there's. There's a lot of question marks on defense right now with a lot of new bodies there. Let's keep them healthy. And, uh, you know, those linebackers made a little bit of an improvement last year. Really, really young group of guys. Um, I, I re- We really need to take those linebackers, need to take a leap, uh, light years, uh, to get us where we need to be on defense. So I'm excited about all the, all the things to see how this all plays out this year. The Another guy who's going to need to – step up pretty big uh, is Trey Hendrickson. And he apparently is feeling pretty good about things um, uh, during OTAs. And this is from our good friend, Jeff Hobson of bangles.com. He says, quote, it's almost like I've been here a year, not only speaking to camaraderie, but potentially comfortability in, in the system. Uh, You see the quote here. I'm in the crawling phases of being here, so I can already feel this is going to be a nice environment for me. It's almost like I've been here for a year. The real shock that made it real was having that personalized nameplate inside my helmet that's a Bengals helmet. Um, So obviously the comfort level's there, and he likes where the Bengals are are headed, especially in terms of uh, feeling in the locker room. So one of the Bengals' big-ticket acquisitions is feeling pretty good about things, Jim. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, I was – I was a little devastated when Lawson went, man, because I was mm-hmm. really excited about keeping Lawson. But, you know, I I, I like this kid, man. He he brings a motor uh, and he stays on the field. And that's a big deal. And that's something Carl had trouble doing uh, consistently for us. So I'm excited about this guy right here. Um, you know, let's, you know, again, let's stay healthy and let's, you know, hopefully he can duplicate what he did uh, last year in, in New yeah. Orleans. This kid's the real deal. This kid's the real yeah. deal. I, I I like the acquisition. Be nice to still have. It'd be nice to have him and Lawson, but uh, uh, not 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 in the cards, unfortunately for for the team. But uh, on the other side of the ball, you mentioned you think the offense is ahead of where the defense is. Well, if, for those who like fantasy football, who play fantasy football, this is on CincyJungle.com. Michael Fabiano, who is one of the fantasy football experts with the NFL Network thinks that Jamar Chase can thrive in fantasy. And the reason I I just find this kind of uh, interesting um, is the fact that, you know, you've got T Higgins, you've got maybe even a, you know, CJ Uzama, Thaddeus Moss. If he ends up finding that, you know, clicking and finding that nice niche with Burrow, you've got Tyler Boyd in the mix, but he writes uh, the Bengals will have a new look at wide out with AJ green and his 104 targets no longer on the roster. That's good news for Chase 
who should absorb those chances. He could lead this team in targets considering his built-in rapport with Joe Burrow. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd will also be prominent in the pass attack for Burrow, who was on pace to throw the ball almost 650 times before getting hurt. So immediately people are predicting that, I mean, from a fantasy perspective or just in general, that Jamar Chase is going to have a big fantasy impact. Yeah, and that's funny. So obviously you've been playing fantasy football for years, but, man, if you're fantasy and you're drafting, I mean, Chase, T, and Boyd, I mean, there's a lot of lot of bodies to feed there. Um, you know, or is one of those going to be primary? Obviously, they will. But I think what you're going to see more of too, you're going to see uh, you're going to see more Joe Mixon, not, not just running the ball. They need to run the ball. They have to run the ball. Uh, but you're going to see Joe Mixon catching a lot of passes out of the backfield, whether he's he's uh, you know swing passes out of the backfield or he, they got him uh, flanked out somewhere in the, in the passing route. I, you you keep Mixon, Chase, T, and, and Boyd healthy. And, and and keep uh, you know Joe Burrow healthy. I, I I have trouble picking one of these guys on a fantasy. <laughs> I, I don't know who I pick first because I'm probably going to pick Bengals my first five picks. Uh, so right. I mean it's right. it's a that is a as far as skilled position players, Anthony. Man, I tell you what, there's there's not another team that can say they have anything better than us, uh, in my opinion. That trio of wide receivers is definitely up there among among the best in the league. Speaking about fantasy football, probably a good time to tell everybody about uh, one of our sponsors of our show, which is Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. I don't know if, if you're familiar with this, Jim, but Symbol is the stock market for sports. So it's kind of a different way for folks to... Um, if you're if you play the, the real stock stock market, if you play fantasy football, this is kind of something that blends a little bit of both. You can make some money and you can trade sports teams like stocks. You earn cash when your teams win. Unfortunately, the Sim Bengals value that is shown on this graphic at twenty five dollars a share that has jumped up a lot. And that is both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing because if you didn't invest in the Bengals in the Sim symbol market, uh, when when we first brought them on board as a, as a partner of the program. You know, you, you may have not been able to buy shares for a lesser price, but that also means a good thing because people are believing that the Bengals are trending in the right direction and they are investing in that team. But if you go to simbull.app backslash OBI, you get a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code OBI, of course, short for Orange and Black Insider. But go to Symbol. I don't know if you've heard of this or not, uh, Jim. It's a really cool thing that folks can do in addition to fantasy football, sports betting, and or playing the stock market. So it's a little different avenue. I just feel like I'm donating again, like I donate to my fantasy <laughs> football league every year. <laughs> I know. I, I'm so feast or famine with, with my fantasy football performance. I'm either like first place or just dead last by – by. I'm uh, the king of the bad beats too. Like yeah, I'm, I'm dead last. Point. I drafted Fat Randy Bullock last year. Uh <laughs> Too early in the too early in the draft. Was Evan McPherson your favorite pick of this draft class? I'm pretty excited about him. I ain't gonna lie. I might pick him. I don't tell my fantasy guys. I might pick him in the third round. So it was it was your was it your one of your sons that had a, a, a fat Randy jersey or yeah we wound up James made him for our tailgate. He made like a hundred shirts. We sold all hundred of them. So my son oh, thought that was the coolest God. thing. So he got a he 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 still wears his fat Randy shirt. So it's uh, funny. So we went to a lot of road games. And home games were right by the Bengals tunnel, right? And every time Randy would come out, we're like, Fat Randy, we love you. And like literally we're at away games. And he's like, they're following me. He was looking around like he knew it was us. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I remember seeing that somewhere, but I and then it kind of disappeared. So I, I was like, are those for sale or are they not for sale? I don't yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we, uh, we actually we used that as a fundraiser. The the proceeds there went to the Anthony Munoz Foundation and we had fun with it too. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's uh that's something you guys always do is is fundraising and it's definitely inspiring especially to you know the Bengals foundations that are out there so that's awesome a lot of good ones a lot of good ones yeah um speaking of some former Bengals and we're going to get out of here in just a couple minutes speaking of Bengals who are former Bengals and now just in general unemployed I think uh last year's hero against the Pittsburgh Steelers Ryan Finley the guy who ran for touchdowns and uh did all kinds of at least, uh, I don't know, some heroics on Monday night against Pittsburgh late in the year. Um, the Bengals trade him away. They get the pick. Uh, Houston grabs him. And then, wouldn't you know, Jim, uh, <laughs> Houston releases him. The dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans just kind of continues to, I, I don't know, trip over its own feet here. But Finley is no longer with the Texans after being dealt there just a little while ago. 
Yeah, I really hope, you know, uh, Ryan can get picked up and, and you know, and, and stick with the team here. But if not, at the end of the day, he will always forever be remembered here in Cincinnati for that legendary Monday night performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, if anything, we'll remember him forever for that night. Absolutely. It was, you know, there was a point in time where I'm like, wow, he's throwing it pretty well. He's running, he's <laughs> scrapping it. And then it, it kind of clamped down on him a little bit. But thankfully, the defense and other facets of the team were, were working well and the, the Bengals had brought up a big lead to you know that they weren't going to give up so right, right um you know that ended up working out well for him but uh yeah he, he played he had some good moments in that game and you know he's now looking for employment there not one of the better picks in the zach taylor era for the cincinnati Bengals. i wasn't gonna go there but you're right <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is from brooke Pryor, uh who i believe is with espn um, she covers the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can see a short video here. I believe these are the quarterbacks. She says, I can't really name them for media reasons, but, uh, you see here, I teased this earlier, Jim, 75% of their roster was at the first day of on-field OTA work. Whereas the Bengals, a hundred percent of their players were present in some capacity, mostly working, even their, their quarterback who was in the middle of rehab, uh, was was practicing here, so a little bit of a different feel between the Steelers and the Bengals. Take take from it what you will, I guess. Yeah, let's be honest. I mean, um, you know, would you really want to go to Pittsburgh too? I mean, so no. I, you know, no. at the end of the day, I don't I don't blame those guys <laughs> for not showing up. So yeah, I, I, and again, I, I'm shocked that that uh, Big Ben was coming back, man. I, I just the look and feel. Like, I don't have any insight on this, Anthony, but it just doesn't seem like he's into it. Uh, you know, he just doesn't. Doesn't seem engaged uh, like he had been in years past. So I was shocked to hear he was coming back, to be honest. So uh, maybe maybe that's the feel from a lot of these players not showing up, too. They're not real excited about the upcoming year. They obviously don't have the right culture. We don't have 100% participation in this damn thing like we do. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just, you know, with when it's Pittsburgh, when it's Mike Tomlin, when it's Big Ben, I just never really fully count them out, even when, yeah. you know, they, but, uh, you know, things are – there is a lot uh, – a very different aura around that team and the narrative around that team this year, as opposed to every other year, everybody's counting them out. And I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or an accurate thing. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of people don't think they're going to do very much this year. And, and Ben came back not only on a restructured deal, but um, came back likely thinking this is maybe a last hurrah for them, but uh, I don't know, 75%. It, it, the whole point is to not criticize the OTAs and the, right. I mean, it's just, but, 75% is 75%. That's a lot of people missing. Well, you know, Ben Rothbecker, Ben Rothsberger, I think, just qualified for Medicare, too. So I don't know how long he's going to be around. <laughs> I can't see him lasting the season, man. I'm, I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm a little biased on this. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Not uh... – yeah. Not not that I feel bad for him or anything. I'm just saying. No, no, I don't either. Uh, quickly, the Eagles are signing a former fourth-round pick, uh, Ravens defensive tackle Willie Henry, They're, and then the Philadelphia is releasing Joe Batchy, a linebacker. So um, if the Bengals decide to go after some form of a veteran linebacker, maybe that's a name they look at. But Willie Henry, a recent fourth-round pick of Baltimore, kind of giving you some AFC North news. He is uh, being signed by Philadelphia. And then I don't know if you saw this one, Jim. You know, you guys do a lot of philanthropic stuff, but um, this is a guy who played in the divisional, Lionel Dalton. I don't know if you remember that name, Lionel Jelly Roll Dalton. Um, he needs a new kidney, I believe. So, uh, you know, if, if there, I think there's a donation thing and all kinds of stuff. Um, go follow him at, at at Jelly Roll Kidney. Um, so Lionel Dalton, a guy who played in the NFL for a while and, and with the Baltimore Ravens, um, I guess is in need of a kidney. This, this is just something I kind of stumbled across and kind of pulled on the heartstrings a little bit. You, you know what, Anthony? It's it's funny. We can sit here and, and get overly serious about our Cincinnati Bengals and things. We really do have to step back when you hear stories like this to put things in perspective for you and your family and, and what others are going through and just understand that somebody definitely has it worse than us, right? So mm -hmm. keep that in mind, guys. I just uh, don't get too upset about anything in life or on the field of the Bengals. And just remember, man, this is uh, what we're doing here today. Anthony, what these guys do with us is this is fun, man. This is a lot of fun. But, man, let's put things in perspective. When you hear stuff like this, Anthony, it does tug at your heartstrings. Yeah, just something that kind of came, uh, you know, scrolled across the the Twitter timeline for me. And, um, 
you know, I just kind of heart went out to him a little bit. So yeah. uh, if there's a way for, for us to support him, we'll look into that for sure. Um, just another little quick AFC North news. Connor Davis was signed by the Browns and they are going through um, OTAs right now. They waived Kyle Markway, who was on the team's practice squad. Davis is a big guy, 6'8", 271 out of Stony Brook, and he was on the Jets practice squad for a bit last year. So um, he was in the the uh, Alliance of American Football, if you remember that one, a couple years ago, and then played a little bit in the XFL. So really just kind of a project guy, especially, gosh, 6'8", 271. That is a, a massive dude. At that yeah, position. It's, it's interesting. The city up north, man, they've got I – mean, they're they're deep, man. They're, they're mm-hmm. off the line. They're skill position. They're running backs. Uh, their defense got improved. Uh, but at the end of the day, the city up north is not going to win. Uh, you, you can't win with it, that quarterback up there, the med- barely mediocre quarterback. They're going to win games, but they I'm telling you, I'm not doing, I'm not trying to laugh at this, Anthony. Just telling you, they're stacked. I'm just telling you, he's not, he's not the guy up there. And I, I, I can't wait till my buddies from the city up north uh, can can stop talking about how great uh, he is because I'm, I'm saying he's he's not that great. We'll see. The so there are this is like a whole podcast topic on its own, but there are times where, uh, you know, first of all, I, I just hit the way Baker runs the mouth. I don't, I don't really like that that much, but, uh, I will say his best games as a pro seem to come against Cincinnati and yep. I, I, until the Bengals managed to clamp down on that. Um, and, and, and until the, the Browns proved that they, you know, last year was just an anomaly. I don't know, but, uh, I I'm with you. I, it's kind of it's kind of almost like how people talk about the Bengals, where it's like, yeah, but it's the Browns, yeah, but it's the Browns, and uh, you know, I, I just, but still, last year they they impressed me a little bit. They impressed me. He impressed me at times, um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see if the league kind of catches up with him. I don't know. Yep, I, I'm very intrigued by this uh, this season coming up for them for sure. We're going to get out of here in just a minute. Jim, thanks for sticking around. I know I, I said about 30, 45 minutes. We're going a bit long. I appreciate you still doing okay on time. Uh, man, you're, you're good, man. I, I could I could stay all day with you, bro. This is fun. <laughs> uh, Julio Jones trade market. There, this is a, an article on NFL.com. In case you haven't heard, Julio Jones apparently has been hitting the trade market talk. And, of course, he was on – what was it uh, – first take or the the other show with uh undisputed maybe with shannon sharp and i don't know if he knew i don't know if he knew he was on the air but he was pretty candid about like i'm out of here i don't want to go to dallas i don't it was just like whoa i can't believe he would not have done that without him i think it was totally set up and stayed you do i I, that's my personal opinion yeah that's my personal i think it was done intentionally uh they set that up before uh so it's it's interesting because he was pushed to see if he was going to Dallas, right? Is what was the the initial question? Kind of, yeah. Because I think I think Skip Bayless is a uh, you know a big Dallas guy, so I think that's that was kind of one of the talking points there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Jeffrey Chidea of uh, NFL.com, I hope I didn't butcher his name there. Um, he says New England Patriots is one of the five teams, um, and then he's got some others here. Cleveland Browns on there. Uh, that would that would not be fun. Uh, Indianapolis Colts on there, so go check this out on on NFL.com. It's five, you know, five teams that basically should be clamoring to get uh, get Julio Jones on their roster. Let's transition to another team that is on the Bengals' schedule this year. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers seem to just it just keeps kind of getting. Uh, quietly worse it seems quote it's about doing things the right way and really why i wanted to bring this one up jim is because uh, the Bengals play them this year and i you know i don't know this is yeah i i don't know what this game's gonna be and a lot of people are saying i've got another one just that we'll, we'll quickly talk about about you know uh jordan love being under the pressure here but this this really paints an interesting picture for the Bengals as they as they play this team in the beginning part of the season so i I don't know. Um, do you think? Do you think Roger stays? Man, I think what I, I I think Roger needs to get this stuff out of his head and whatever he's upset about, get over it, <laughs> get over it, and yeah. play. But but I, at the end of the day, I don't think any Bengal fans that's watching your show right now, Anthony, um, we're okay with Aaron Rodgers not coming back this year. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just interesting. You never know. You know, when players get towards the end of their career uh, and and you know that they take offense, they just drafted another quarterback. I, I don't know, man. You know, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, get over it, man. 
get over it and move on. But at the end of the day, I'll be okay if he leaves. Well, again, I just, this is another article. That last one was on NFL.com. This one is as well. This is about Jordan Love. The pressure is turning up on Jordan Love because he is now the guy at OTAs getting the, the starting reps and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I said this to my co host the other day that I, I had heard through, I believe it was Chris Cooley, who spent an, you know a lot of time in the league and actually has ties to Utah State because that's where he went to school, as did Jordan Love. And just kind of through the grapevine, the, the rumor mill is that Jordan Love has a lot still to learn in terms of NFL offenses, nuances, verbiage, et cetera. So if the Bengals are to face Jordan Love um, you know, early on, he would probably buy, if you're going to believe that rumor, probably need to have a pretty steep learning curve and, and su- succeed at that learning curve. Pretty, I, would, pretty quickly. I would love to see him behind uh, center here when he comes to Paul Brown stadium, we're going to eat him alive, Anthony, we got him. So, yeah, I, I, uh, that would make that game, uh, give it a, a much different look and a much more confident look. I think absolutely from, uh, from the Bengals fan perspective, let's get out of here on this and then uh, we'll, we'll bounce on out of here. But the, our, our good old friend, Antonio Brown, formerly of the Steelers, the Buccaneers uh, re-signed him again to another one-year deal. He got a Super Bowl ring with Tampa Bay. But Antonio Brown, somehow Tampa Bay was able to keep basically all of their starters and and or role players from their Super Bowl team. Not sure if that's going to net them another Super Bowl here, uh, but Antonio Brown is back with the Bucs. Yeah, I I don't even care about this, Anthony. He, he, <laughs> guy, even talking about that guy gives me a headache, man. So, but it is amazing. I mean, the guy goes to Tampa, gets a gets a Super Bowl ring, and God bless Tom Brady, man. Amazing, amazing player. But gets another one year deal, man. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable. Yep, yep. And the gang's back together down in Tampa Bay, Jim. Before we get out of here, first of all, thank you for for spending a lot of time with us and making this uh, one of. I usually do this thing solo, and and um, you know, so it's it's very enjoyable talking. With with anybody, much less yourself, the uh, the 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 guy, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, tell us a little bit about the show that you do with James and Jamie and company. I know you've had all kinds of awesome guests, including a lot of the Hall of Fame type names that you mentioned yeah. earlier. So, um, if you want to give us a little bit of details on that, so we can we can get some some more eyes and ears, deservedly so, on your program, that would be awesome. Yeah, just you know, we we started this thing back the, the draft last year when we couldn't go to Vegas, Anthony, right? So uh, we just kept doing it every week, and we're doing it now every Sunday night, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And it's been a lot of fun, man. You know, we're, we're not in the detail and depth stuff that you guys are doing, Anthony. You guys do a whole different thing and just do kick ass with what you guys are doing. But we're just having fun talking to a lot of former players, uh, a lot of the old school players, the OGs, we call them. The, you know, we, we had a, a great Super Bowl special, Super Bowl 16 special on where we had on the screen at the same time uh, Chris Collinsworth, Anthony Munoz, Ken Anderson, Pete Johnson. Uh, we just had eight of them on the screen at the same time. And that was the most fun hour and a half I've ever had. It was just a blast yeah, awesome. listening to those guys go back and forth. And, you know, we we have a different guest every week, whether it be a local media person. We've had you on. It's just a lot of fun just interacting. And, and Anthony, like all the people that I would say two thirds of my my relationships in my life outside of my family are because of the Bengals football and because of this forum that you're putting on and that we do as well. It is a lot of fun. You meet so many good people and, you know, you get you get all different walks of life and, and just everything that you, you meet. And, and without the Bengals and without the platform you guys are doing here, I wouldn't I would have never met you. And that's why I love this stuff. And it's just a lot of fun just interacting with other Bengal fans, not just locally, but from across the country. And amazingly, the amount of Bengal fans that, that we, we all have across the world that we get to run into, Anthony, you you see it every day. Yeah, I do. And uh, it's 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 pretty amazing, not only the passion of Bengals fans, but the knowledge of the fan base in terms of, you know, how knowledgeable of the game and the team that they, you know, they seem to be very knowledgeable and whatnot. And uh, I don't know. I don't know which game I'm going out to this year in Cincinnati, but I would love to connect with you and, and you know, um, do the tailgate thing and hang out with you if you're if you're willing and able Man. and also you know road game if i don't know if you're doing the road game thing but uh might be doing one or two of those too so yeah, i'm hitting uh, every the plan is god willing that i'm hitting all game every game home and away this year uh wow. the, the vegas game is one i'm i gotta get my wife on the on the on the <laughs> i hear you on that yeah the, the ticket money there. <laughs> um but uh yeah so so if you come in town Anthony, whoever comes in town 
Uh, let me know in advance, man. I want to keep my Friday, Saturday open. I want to take you around town. There's so many cool places around Cincinnati you got to get to. One of the best kept secrets in the entire country is this small city, uh, mid-sized market city of Cincinnati, Ohio. It's it's all the 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 fun stuff of a big city and a small town, and and you know everybody knows everybody. So so many places to get you to, Anthony. You'll love it. So you get in town, give me a heads up on it, and and I know we have two tailgates planned already. We have live bands playing at opening day. We have a band playing. Uh, and then a Thursday night game, we have another uh, local band playing as well. So uh, we're going to do it up right this year because we didn't get we we did tailgating on a limited basis last year. But mm-hmm. you get in town, Anthony, give us a heads up, brother. We're gonna, we're going to take care of you. I appreciate that, and I I will do that and uh, look for information on the tailgates that Bengal Jim and friends are going to be throwing. Go check out his show, and on June nineteenth, if you are interested in going to that. Hall of Fame rally, please do so. Information, not only we put the link in the live chats of all the different things that we're streaming to, but also on Bangle Jim's uh, Twitter account and whatnot. It's all there. So no excuses. Get there. It'll be uh, it'll be a good time. Jim, thanks for everything, man. Thanks You're for what man. you do. We appreciate and, what you guys are doing, John, and everybody else there. I mean, you guys are amazing. We watch you all the time. Thanks, buddy. Uh, appreciate it. Back at you. Thanks, everybody. This has been the Water Cooler Chat OTA version, and we will see you next time. Have a great rest of your week.